0: This week on The Unpopular Opinion Show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Teddy Riley Moment. ah uh, it's, it's a hoax. It's,
1: it's nothing to worry about. It'll go away.
2: Did you steal that on-the-air sign from Hot 97 when you left? It's just the same sign we had. Did you steal that?
1: No, actually, I probably took this from GCI.
2: My version of Let Me Clear My Throat, I did it off unbelievable kick in the door and something else, Right. The worst fucking record that ever was made. <laughs> Terrible. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? i can't be personally kick Candace Owens and her stinky
1: cray cray. No good thing starts with, I was thinking about my ex. He ain't learned his lesson. That's a brother I ain't gonna
3: learn shit.
0: I know this is gonna be no. all about you. and Let's keep this shit funky.
1: all right let's do it ready yep yo what's happening welcome to the unpopular opinions show i'm t storm alongside my partner my homie mr dj
0: mike swift what up brother What's cracking, homie? <laughs> it's, been, it's been, oh yeah, you know, you know what you said it, it felt regal. So I had to do a little something with like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey and uh oh, it's, it's been a busy week and a busy day yeah. and I'm not going to front. I am so not prepared for this show today.
1: Yeah, this is kind of, kind of, usually I do a little more prep and have, you know, things lined up. Um, especially when we have a special guest coming in, and um, in a few minutes or so, um, our very special guest will be joining. Good friend of mine, old coworker, and just a, 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 a gentleman and, and very talented individual, uh, Fat Man Scoop will be joining us on the Unpopular Opinion Show. So, um,
0: that's dope, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, I, the, yeah. All of the '90s, uh, I. If it wasn't for that brother, I wouldn't have rocked no parties right like <laughs> <laughs> he certainly made ben it easy Maple, Benjamin's oh. uh, or the, the Franklin's S- rather, uh, mm-hmm. all of those records man changed the game yeah,
1: yeah he, he certainly gave us some uh some some um yeah an, an arsenal to to help you know keep the party moving so um we'll be talking with, we'll be talking with him he'll be joining us in in a few uh in the meantime. What the hell are we talking about, Mike? <laughs>
0: uh, that's a damn good question. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, okay. The highlights of this week um, in the political in the political spectrum. Um, hearing the tapes. How did you feel when you heard the tapes um, that are, are the the current? I won't even call them that. The current White House occupant um, <laughs> admitted to. Uh, playing down the virus back in february
0: so i didn't hear that tape i heard oh. i heard something else damn it it was it, it was the other night and and like i said on the show before i I've, I've gotten to a point where i just kind of ignore him because he he triggers triggers yeah. me uh but it was something new where some tapes were playing where he was saying something just completely outlandish and i was like oh my god but it wasn't about corona because I think I would have remembered that specifically but um, what what did he say oh my god what
1: did he say uh, what we've been saying <laughs> all along hang on let me see if I can if I can pull it up um, oh
0: Jeez, jeez! hang on hold on uh, ladies and gentlemen this is a Teddy Riley moment. Yeah, <laughs> hands in <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so many <laughs> Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I got so much love for for Teddy, Mr. Riley. Um, but he even he knows that's it's it's comical. Um, yeah. That that happened the way it did. So let's see.
0: That was uh, okay. I was listening to uh, Bobby Brown's first album the other day and uh-huh. I was like, yeah, it did that. Mm-hmm. Right, Ted?
1: <laughs> right. I'm trying to skip ahead. So it we can goes go ahead. through
2: air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know,
3: the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air. And that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your you know, your even your strenuous flus. This is more deadly. This is five per you know, this is five percent versus one percent and less than one percent. You know, so this is deadly stuff. Well I think Bob really to be honest with you Sure, I want you to I be. wanted to
0: uh I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes. sir. Because I don't want to create a panic.
3: Okay.
1: So that's him admitting that it is, it's way more dangerous. And then in the same, within the same week, the same days, out in public. Now he's talking to Bob Woodard, who, who um, wrote the books on, on uh, Tricky Dick, about the, uh, um, which is just, fucking hilarious <laughs> tricky dick and, yeah. and it's all on record it's not it's, it's not like um it was recording it he didn't know he knew what he's you know he knew he's talking to the press and it was on record and then out in public he's saying ah, it's it's a hoax it's it's nothing to worry about it'll go away
0: this is a democrat <laughs> all right. hoax all right so um he's dead ass wrong for that Right.
1: Mm-hmm. However, I wanna, I'm curious if it rises to the level of
0: criminal. Nah, it won't. Um, which brings me to my however comma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's probably the first time that's ever happened. Um, of course not not only from president, but from heads of corporations or whatever. I think he's probably the first one to goddamn get caught on tape and to go as far as to, to take it as far as he did, right? to, to It's one thing to say, hey, um, this is not the zombie apocalypse. People aren't dying in the streets. However, yeah, um, uh, y- y- your boy, is, uh, see, see.
1: Scoop's popping in. He's pulling. Scoop's popping in. We're giving the grand grand introduction as soon as he, as soon as he, uh. Hold
2: on, hold on.
3: Okay. Just check. Are you doing this
1: for video or audio, T? We're doing video and audio. Where we've had we've had uh our what we call our Teddy Riley moments on here uh plenty of time. Sure, right? Listen,
2: <laughs> motherfuckers look, motherfuckers if Teddy Riley can have a Teddy Riley moment, your ass can <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and if gentlemen, he can have one, your ass definitely can have a Teddy Riley moment. Shit, I've had Teddy Riley moments <laughs> on my shit. It's crazy because now and I spoke to Teddy about that. Now people are saying, you know, you got Teddy Riley watching. Right? Teddy (laughs) Riley, this you got Teddy Riley that, so it's 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 tough. However, um, if I do it this way, yeah, that doesn't. Yes, second,
1: no problem. Take your time. We were just discussing just before you before you jumped on. We were talking about the Trump takes. So before we even before I I, I owe this man an intro. That's yeah, this because we're already kind of in the middle of doing it. So let me just. Are... What, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, it's cool. We, this is this is our Foreman. This is how we do it. We we start up and I guess jump in. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the voice. You've seen the face. um, Grammy award winning. Can I? You know what I'm saying? Like DJ, broadcaster, producer, the one and only. Mr. Fat Man Scoop is here. What's happening, sir? What's going on, bro? What's going on? Talk to you. Oh, good, man. Thank you. Um, This is my man, Mike Swift. Um, He What's and I... Wa- happening,
0: he and I wa- What's happening, sir? How you feel it? Good, brother. Good. Glad you're okay. joining us today.
2: All good. All good. All, all good. All right. right. Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm right. Let me just check this up. Good. D-day. I'm trying to figure out what angle it is that I'm looking directly in the camera. This is a damn iPad. Eye- hold on. Where am I where am I looking into the camera now? Am I looking directly at
1: you? No, not right this second. Am I looking directly
2: at you right now? Now
1: you are, yep. yes.
2: Okay, so you have to I gotta I gotta look directly into the to the thing. All right, go ahead.
1: All right, cool. Let's go, brother.
2: What's happening? Scoop, <laughs> thank you for
1: joining.
2: All good, man. All good.
1: What's happening with you, man? Long time no here from man. I How know, are you still? I'm well, man. I'm back. I'm, did you, I'm back. Did you
2: see him? Did you steal that on the air sign from Hot ninety seven when you left? Because that's the same sign we had. Did you steal that?
1: Nah, actually, I probably took this from GCI.
2: <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, good, good. As long as, you, as long as you stole it from somewhere, that's
1: that's that's the most important. Right, right. Now, you know what I got from you know what I got from Hot? Um, what the keyboard, Isaac Hayes keyboard? Hmm. It's good, it's good. It's it's safe. It's safe, and I had permission to take it, but it's um. The actual keyboard that Isaac Isaac Hayes used to do the morning show on KISS FM in New York City. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And um, they went and got him a keyboard that he would play on the air and sing Mm -hmm. on the air. And um, that keyboard ended up when I was uh, an imaging manager or imaging director, creative services manager at at Hot 97 and KISS FM. And um, upon my leaving, um, nobody else used the keyboard. I was like, yeah, I want the keyboard. I was like, sure, take it.
2: Wow. let me explain something. Isaac Hayes was, you know, we all know what Isaac Hayes was, man. Like, growing up, you know, of course, Black Moses, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. to have an opportunity to know Isaac Hayes personally, man, it was crazy, man. Like, because remember, like you said, you used to do the morning show. So I used to come in at, at, at you know, I, I worked the overnights. So, right. you know, like, hey, man, that's Isaac Hayes, man. Right. You know, that's Isaac Hayes, man. And then he would tell me all the stories about ladies and, you know, because remember Isaac Hayes had 38 fucking uh, uh, Cadillacs and those shits were like a block long. Like, you know, the, the Cadillac, the, the, it would start at the beginning of one block and it ended at the end of the other block, man, those, those Cadillacs were like 300 feet long. He would right, just right. tell me all the stories, man, about how they would get paid, you know, like royalties and back then royalties, you didn't get a check. They just went to the fucking rugger company with with duffel bags and fucking uh, get um, out um um, um, and, um suitcases. That's how they got the world. Wow, that's like
1: a drug trade.
2: That's what's up. <laughs> real shit. I just yeah, yeah. was a
1: game period. So okay, so you know what, Scoop? I, I mean, I've known you for all these years, and we've never—I ha- mean. I- I take for granted knowing you, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things that you've been in the game, you've been doing your thing for a very long time. You're very influential. You've, you've accomplished so much and contributed so much. Even your voice is sampled on other shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, st- 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 from from the beginning, something I never knew, how did you get to Hot 97?
2: I got to Hot 97 because um, I used to work at Tommy Boy Records okay. as the promotion manager. So, Anybody who's watching this podcast, you don't know, or listen, you don't know what a a promo guy is. A promo guy is the guy who goes to the radio station with the records from the label and he's responsible to to get the records played on the radio station. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anything I do, I go extra. So, you know, there were, there were, um, there were, you know, radio reps that you know, would come once a week. There were radio reps that would never come. There were radio reps that didn't want to get up in the morning. There were radio reps that, you know, just didn't do whatever. And because I worked at Mount Sinai Hospital previously, and I was an intern, I was used to sleeping like three or four hours a day. Because so I would get up and get up at like 5.30 to go to work. at Mount Sinai Hospital and work a full day till like 2, 3 p.m., take my lunch break, Go down to the intern, to, to chemistry records, and intern, and get mm-hmm. home at like twelve o'clock at night. So it was mm-hmm. not by that time, you know. I had a regular job, I, you know. I was doing my thing in time and boy, and I was holding the same schedule. And I was going to promote records in the middle of the night and in the clubs, and right? Handing DJs records and whatever. And I used to go down the hot ninety seven like four days out of five. Okay. And I would just go in the morning and buy. You know Ed Love and Dr. Dre. You know, you know Biscuits or you know Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it was.
1: Right, Ed and Dre did the morning and show I, at High Ninety Seven at that time.
2: Huh?
1: Ed, Ed and Dre did the morning show at High Ninety Seven at
2: that right. time. Right, Ed and Dre did the morning show at this point at High Ninety Seven. And you know, um, I just would be down there. First, it started. First, it started with me coming to the door and not being able to get in. I would, I would just leave my shit there with the assistant. Right. And then you know, slowly but surely I got to know the assistant. and I started, you know, person at the door. And, you know, like, I I started looking out for them too. And then at a certain point, I realized, let me come even earlier. Let me come at like 6, 7 in the morning. Mm. And I would come at like 6, 37 in the morning, sometimes 6 when they get on. Uh-huh. And I would walk in with them. I mean, you know, man, I got something for you, I would walk in with them. So now I don't have to. I don't have to wait for nobody to open the door for me. Right. So right. I would walk them, I would give, you know, give them the food and stuff like that. You know, my buddy's like free food, free whatever, school. And um, I would, you know, do whatever radio work I needed to do, set up my day or whatever, and I would be in there. And I eventually got a chance to come in. So they would come in, they be like, school, come in and talk to us. And I would I would come in and I had my own language and my own. Saying the hey, bro, dynamite, get at me, right on. You know, I, I would say all these different kinds of things, and they started taking a liking. Okay. And then, and then they started they started saying all the shit that I was saying on the radio. So you okay. like, dynamite, brother, solid gold, get at me, rap, 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 all the stuff I used to say, and that allowed to start getting on the mic. Wow. Now I'm the record promoter, but I'm on the mic now. So I would come in like three or four times, three or four times a week, and just say, "Yeah, yeah right on him." be like, Yo, "What you thinking about this?" I mean, like, "Yo, bro, it was dynamite," or whatever I was saying, and, and they would, you know, they would laugh. I was, became a little character in the show. Okay. One day, one day, um, and then, and then I realized. I said, "Wait up, hold on. I can do this again." So now I know what to do, where to go, how, how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So then I start taking records to Amon Henderson, and at that, at that time, Africa Band, Bada, Africa Band Bada was doing the old school at new. Okay. And I, I would take, I, I, on, fri- on Fridays, I would take him records, you know, Tommy Boy records to play. Mm-hmm. And I would hook them up with shit Never. Right. And the program director at the time, Steve Smith, saw me up there so much. One day he came to me when I was in there. He said, he looked at me, he said, I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of this. He said, come to my office. So I, now I'm thinking, i done have, have fucked up not only my relationship behind 97, but I fucked up the regulators' relationship behind 97 because the program director just told me to come in his room. Right. So when I get in there, he's like, you're on at Love and Dr. Dre in the morning. Three times when he said I said, how you know? He said, I'm a li- I'm the program director. I'm listening to everything. So now you I now I see you on the old school and new. So you know something? You're here so much. Why don't you why don't you do something? I was like, what? So your voice is always heard on here. You have a good voice. Why don't you do the um the lines? He said he gave me a bunch of lines. He said, yo, go in there, you know, go in the production room with the guy to say the lines and you know whatever. So say like, hi, 97! Ladies and hip-hop and all. because back then I wasn't yelling. Got you. Because I didn't know I, I wasn't Fat Man Scooby. There was no yelling. I was just like, hi, 97! Ladies and hip-hop and all B! You know, like, whatever I was saying. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I started hearing myself on the radio. Like, oh, shit. Now I'm on the fucking... <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. I'm still the record promoter. I'm not even thinking about being on the radio. I'm just thinking about how do I get closer to the people that so I can... I could be inside and promote my records. I could walk in without having to sit at reception because you know I would see other record promoters sitting there outside. I would just be walking through, right? And they'd be like, "Oh shit, how the fuck he do that?" I put myself in, right, right, right. So this goes on for about two months or whatever. Steve Smith calls me back another day, and he's like, "Yo, man, you're here all the time. Your voice is on the station now." illicit listen, man, we have an overnight slot opening up. You know, so you, you basically ain't yeah, here anyway. Do you want it? And I was yeah. like, yeah, get here, please, I'll take it. Because at that time, I was working at Tommy Boy, I was about 330 pounds. Um, as you know, do, doing record promotion, it's a really stressful job because yeah. your job depends on making somebody else's project that you might not even believe in work.
3: Yeah. And you've
2: got to convince people of shit that you might not even believe. You might know it's garbage and you have to convince them or whatever the case may be. And you're dependent upon what they do. It, it isn't like you can get up and work hard and the job is in your hands. You're dependent on whether this DJ or this DJ plays. And right. I, was, I was headed towards a heart attack, eating and eating and, the, and, and, eating, and the, eating, sitting down and eating and, you know, eating mad shit and you know, not getting out your chair, not exercising, not doing nothing, and I was headed towards a heart attack. Um, and it was, the stress was like really unbearable. So the stress and the weight and everything was taking me to a bad place. And um, basically, I took it, man. I said, "Fuck it, I'll take this." And I went in. I, I did the overnight. So I actually replaced Angie Martinez. Oh wow! Okay. James what, Martinez was doing overnights, so and then she went to she went to to uh, to data. Right. Wow. Damn. That's
1: that's now nah, that's a testament to you know being focused, still being focused on what you were actually doing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and uh, uh, being present and being open to you know new opportunities, being in the right place yeah. at the right time. You know what I'm saying. That's that's pretty dope.
2: I started to understand that there might be a future in radio for me when they put my voice on the way. I said, okay, well maybe, maybe, you know, maybe shit, man. Like, you know, shit, they they think enough about me to put me in the mix here between the voices, because at that time it was Eric Edwards, hot ninety seven. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it still Sounds is. Bad. I think Eric yeah, Edwards yeah. is still the voice. I mean, one time, one time they tried to Tracy, uh, Tracy um Chloe tried to get rid of Eric Edwards. And they tried to put the voice on that does Power one oh five one. Okay. Tried to put that guy on. And, I mean, when they did that shit, man, everybody came to me and complained. So, you know, everybody's complex the clue, to enough. You know, Angie, everybody was like, yo, oh, man, that shit is horrible. And I was the last one to come in, you know, because I'm the overnight guy. I said, right, right. Tracy, my like, excuse me. <laughs> And you know, not, to, not that my opinion meant anything more than anybody else, but he see, like if the guy that you never see comes in and says, it, you know, it's got to be fucking whatever. <laughs> and, then, and, and like a, about three or four days later, that guy was gone and Eric was back.
1: Eric he got was back. gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, man. Uh, Eric still does. I mean, uh, you hear his voice. I hear his voice in other markets and he still sounds like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because everyone in other markets emulate what happens in New York as well. well
2: Right, right. He got a lot of those markets from Hot ninety seven. Makes sense. He got he probably got a majority of those markets from Hot because Hot was the leader at the time. There was no other radio station uh, playing hip hop at the time other than Hot ninety seven. So when those stations started coming up, mm-hmm. you know they they emulated they emulated us.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's dope, man. Um, so so we so from some being on the air, um. The, the break, the party records. When did you get to the? How did that start? Party records started. But... Because those, I mean, yeah. those records, those records, me and Mike were just talking about it, those records provided DJs with some some arsenal. You know
0: what I'm saying? Um, man, if, it, a... if it wasn't for those records, I wouldn't have rocked no parties in the 90s. <laughs> those <laughs> records was, I mean, that, that was the record you would drop at midnight to take the party from good to great. I mean it would just When you put the Franklins on When, when people knew that And it would mm-hmm. just The party would explode Yeah And uh, it inspired you know, And it
1: inspired, it inspired other DJs Like I it, I got into doing party records Because of hearing your records You know what I'm saying I, I was in Atlanta so Me and Mike were on On Hot in Atlanta at the time And I started doing my own version Of Southern records Mm-hmm. And um, I think Lil John, Lil John, and Mars did one as well. But I, I did more. I did more along, you know, after that. But in any case, how did you? How did that start for you?
2: Well, that started. First, we got to go all the way back a little further. I was a rapper first before all of this shit. Oh, okay. okay I rap. You go on my Instagram live and look at some of my throwback Thursdays. You will see me in the club and in uh, Club Two Hundred One. Was 201. It was IS-201, Intermediate School 201 in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, 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 two promoters who were like the pioneers of rap promotion back in the days in terms of concerts, Mike and Dave used to hold events. And Mike and Dave used to have all of the hot hip-hop artists of the day come through and do their thing. So it was the YMCA. If they could get the YMCA, they'd do the YMCA. They could get IS two hundred one. They would do IS two hundred one. They could get uh, uh, the PAL, which is police athletically. They do it there. And um, people who came through there were, you know, um, uh, Bismarcky, Big Daddy Kane, Redman, pick whoever was hot in that era. uh, uh, Steps Sonic, nice and smooth. You know, whoever was hot during that time of eighty to maybe like 89, you know, they would they would come to Mike and Dick. That's this is before all of this became super commercial. Okay. No matter of fact, I might even say 82 to like 87. When right before, you know, as the Budweiser Super and all that shit started to happen, that's when they they slowed down because big corporate. People came into the mix. Got it. And I was from Harlem. So the people that I idolized, the, the artists I idolized, was Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh was the world's greatest entertainer from Harlem. And somehow, through doing all these IS 201s and all this as a young artist performing, and I had two great DJs with me Sean C., uh, who was was the AR Loud for a long time produced. Uh, I mean, executive producer Bob D, uh, um, fucking Big Pun, and, and then uh, world, world uh, champion of the New Music Seminar, DJ Steve D. He was also my DJ. Because we had done that and, and got to a point with that, we got the attention to DJ Chilwell, was okay. the DJ of the Get Fresh, Get fresh Crew. Um, the, the collective of DJ Steve D, Sean C, Johnny Cash, our Grandmaster Rock Raider who became Grandmaster Master Rock waiter later, um, uh, our DMD, our Diamond J, Rob Swift, he's uh, uh, Mister Sinister. Um, all these guys eventually became a group called the X Men, mm-hmm. and they were the X Men DJ's turntablers. And, and then because of our, our, our because of copyright mm-hmm. issues. They had to become the executioners. So yeah. that was my whole, that was my whole, that was, I was the only MC in a crew of DJs. Got you. So, you know, because we idolized Dougie Fresh, I had two DJs, right? And we finally, you know, something happened and we got the attention of Chill Will. And Chill Will, I was Dougie Fresh's DJ. And, you know, we learned under him and we learned, you know, I was under his tutelage in his farm system I was in that farm system. Dougie Fresh was in that farm I mean, I was in that farm system and Rob Base was in that farm system. Okay. So remember, it was Rob Bates, Easy, and DJ Easy I mean, Rock. But there's right. another DJ named Easy Kid. It was Rob Base had two DJs too. Ah, okay. So there's many, there's many tapes out there. I don't know where they are, but me and Rob doing practice sessions, rhyming back to back with each other and shit. Um, so we we grew up in that 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 uh, farm team. Anyway, you know I didn't get a deal, and I mean I got a deal with Teddy Riley, and that's a long story. But, but um, when Teddy Riley broke up with his manager, it was over. So we had the deal was over. We had no place to go. Whatever, you know I go off, I do my thing, I work in Mount Sinai. I wind up turning around, getting in the music industry. Turn around one day, and my brother wants to go to Hampton University. Now, Hampton University at this time in 1996 was $55,000 a year. Okay. So now I'm trying to figure out, well, how the fuck am I going to get $55,000? Because my parents don't have that money. They, right. they don't have it. They, they absolutely don't have it. It's not happening. I said, well, how do I get this money? And um, I said, well, maybe I'll do a record. I, you know, I heard these party records. And I was like, I heard DJ Cool do Let Me Clear My Throat. I was like, fuck it, I'll do a record like that, whatever. So I went and did it my version of DJ Cole. Okay. And you know, my my version of Let Me Clear My Throat, I did it off, unbelievable, kicking the door, and something else, right? Mm.
3: It's
2: the worst fucking record that ever was made. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I wish I had this shit to show you how terrible it was. <laughs> fucking horrible. <laughs> Somebody record, I wish that I had that one tape to say listen oh. people this is where, and I would put that tape on the wall in like a fucking thing and yes, right. I, <laughs> right. I would put that shit in and I would put Be Faithful in like the same case like, right, and be right, like, right. I came from here but I got here, right, right. and I listened to that tape me and my younger brother and my younger brother, young Savvy, and not to college yet and we both agreed that it was terrible <laughs> so um, I have so to I be never, driving I never and get, I had
1: and, and, you never released it. It never went out. Nah, it never went out. Okay, okay. I'm not letting that shit out. Just it was that bad. Now just say you realize it was terrible before you put it out. Oh, Some people I, don't realize it this, until this, after this, the this fact.
2: Shit is basura. This shit. Basura. <laughs> right? So, so I say to myself, "All right, whatever." I'm, 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 I'm in a defeatist mo- mood now because I'm like, "Well, I fucked up." Yeah. And one night I happened to be driving in the Hot 97, because I worked overnight, so Flex worked uh, 7 to 12. So oh, I was right behind him. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, drove, it, drove in, said, okay, cool, whatever. And I was listening to a record, and a record came on, because I was listening to Flex before oh. I came in. Records called Is New York In The House Right Now?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And at the end of the record, it said, DJ Hands, Crook Clan, DJ Wiz, Crook Clan. that's what who DJ Who said.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I asked, I asked, like with, as with any other record, I asked fucking uh, Flex, I said, who the fuck is DJ Wiz? Who's DJ hands? Who's DJ Wiz? Mm-hmm. He said, that's the Crook McClane. I said, well, okay, hands, who the fuck is DJ Wiz? He said, that's DJ Riz. And Riz was one of the guys that I used to promote records to. I was oh, wow. in
1: Tommy. Okay.
2: So I knew him because he used to, there used to be a a, a, a radio show back in the days when there was no Hot 97 called Wild Man Steve and Riz on the radio in Long Island, college radio. Okay. And I was, a, I knew Riz and I was able to call Riz and I call Riz and I say, Riz, I'm trying to do a record, man. I heard what y'all doing. You know, I listen to the records. Can I, can I come out there and talk to you about it? I went out to, um. I went out to like, Canarsie, Brooklyn. Like, this is, like, right after fucking Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Like, I'm in the most fucking Italian fucking serious neighborhood ever. Like, serious fucking guys, right? So I get there, and I'm in a I'm in a, a church, in front of a church. We meet in front of a church. And they're like, yo, you want to make a record? I was like, yeah, man. Cool, please, man. I'd like you guys to help me. I told them what I was doing. And DJ Scissorhand said, well, can, can you and you yell something, you know, like you gotta yell something, you know, we gotta gotta have energy, like action. You yes. I said, I said well, who the fuck do you want me to yell? Yell hands up. It's like, okay, hands up. And when I did that, he went fucking berserk. He jumped up and down, like he was literally jumping up and down like a fucking a fucking girl, right? He was, and that's no disrespect to Sis. I mean, he was no, fucking he, happy. He, so they, he heard so he was he, excited. <laughs> he heard the voice. He said, "He said, Riz, we have our own sampling machine now. We can do anything we want." And they said, "Well, I said to so come to my house tomorrow." And I went to I went to um, yeah I went to DJ Sis's house the next day, and I made a record called Hands Up. So, if you remember, Buster Rhymes had "Put Your Hands on My Eyes to See." If yep. you really want to play with me, mm-hmm. and um, I just took that and I and I turned that into the shit that he told me to do the day before, because he said, "Put your hands on my eyes to see." So he said, "You know, come on, come on, come on, hands up! They get your hands up. What Whoa. hands up? They get your hand. You know, I just took it. Is what felt right to me." Say hands up, now put your hands up, now put your hands up, hands up, simple shit. Hands uh-huh. up now, put them up now, you know. Uh, black people in the fuck y'all that make some noise. Uh-huh. If you listen, I'm not exactly screaming on that record. I'm still kind of doing it in a way that I would do it in the clubs at 97 radio DJ slash, you know, host of that, you know, you know, when you go to the club and you're from the radio station, you talk on the mic for two hours. Right, right. And, um, you know, it, that record is a little lower in tone than all my other records. And then that shit came out, and I got the acetate, gave the acetate to Flex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I work with Flex now, so I'm like, all right, you know, Flex, you know, take a listen to this. So Flex knew me as a record promoter before I even was ever on the radio. Mm-hmm. He knew me for being a Tommy Boy guy. But now I'm right. working with him. So we're on the same team. So I say, yo, Flex Man, listen, I got this record. I'm trying to put my brother through college. Um, you know, take a listen to it. Tell me what you feel about it. Because now I now put my record promoter at it. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, tell me how you feel, what you feel. And um, he took the record from me and Um, the next night I happened to be... Um, Driving the hot ninety seven, and I wasn't even listening to the radio that night. I started getting a bunch of beep beeps, beeps, mm-hmm. and I was getting beat this shit. In the like days 9-11. of the beeper, yeah, huh? In the days of the beeper, yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" What the fuck? And he said, "Yo, turn on the radio." Flex is playing your record, and um, turned on the radio. Flex was playing "Hands Up," he, wow. and he he never took his foot off the gas on that record. He mm-hmm. said, "Yo, this is fat man scoop." He worked here at the station. Shot the fat man scoop up. Shit just went off, man. Wow. And from there, I said, "Okay." And me and a guy named Crystal Monica, who used mm-hmm. to be the radio promoter at Loud Records, mm-hmm. we we got maybe three hundred vibe and we went from New York. We went from New York City all the way down to Raleigh, North Carolina, one wow. weekend. And we fucking gained those records out. And we stopped and talked to Cosmic Kev in Philly and Mm -hmm. DJ Wan in Philly. And, you know, then we went from there to Delaware and we spoke to the guys in Delaware and then I went to Baltimore and I spoke to my Baltimore people. Then I went to DC and talked to DJ CeeLo and um, Mm -hmm. uh, who else? A bunch of DJs. And then I went to Richmond, Virginia and I went to see DJ Mike Street who's now the program, the cluster director down there. And then I went God bless me the dead, to my partner, one of my good friends who passed away, DJ Law, who used to be in W.O.W.I. our 103 Jams in Norfolk, Virginia. And I'm taking it down, I'm taking it down all the way down to Raleigh, North Carolina, to my man DJ DBS. And next thing you know, man, that record is on fire.
1: Yeah, I, like, again, that's amazing. That's amazing shit. And so you just, y- y- y'all never stopped. you just kept turning them like, was it was there a formula for it? Was, it or?
2: No, I mean, so it was a formula. All the shit that I would say in the club, i just say on the records. The Doug, Dougie Fresh taught me how to do crowd participation. It was fucking, it was fucking like second nature. I said the shit. He did another record called uh, Where You At with DMX. All mm-hmm. the wild motherfuckers, Where You At, Where You At, Where You At, yeah. Where You At, where you at? Um, That I fucking still- did Marginally, it did. It did okay, mm-hmm. and um, I turned around. I said, "Yo, man, we, we talking, we cursing, and we talking about niggas too much. <laughs> we got to do a record for the females." And I came with "Love Like This" by Faith Evans. And in the beginning, I got pushed back, like, "Nah, gonna do that, nah, nah." Say, "Yo, man, we need one for the ladies." And I put together all the best chants that I had when I was going the club. You got a hundred dollar bill, get your hands up, all that mm-hmm. shit. And then I said, yo, let's put, hey, oh, I said, let's put can I get a what? 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 You know, because those were all oh, famous like mm-hmm. records at the time. And and DJ hands, hands, said, he said, yo, let's put the black sheep in there. Let's put the Asian mm-hmm. Asian number nine. I was like, yo, man, that shit's dope. That's a dope idea. And scissor hands. And put that in, and the rest—the rest is history. Man,
0: now how did yeah. you get all of those
2: samples cleared? It uh, was 47, 47 people, forty-seven samples to be cleared. So you actually cleared? Imagine, imagine, imagine putting forty-seven motherfuckers in one room and getting them in three on one thing—very, <laughs> very hard.
1: Man. Yeah.
2: And there are parts of the record. If you listen to that clear part, there are parts that's, that's missing. Because there are people who I think there's like one or two people that, that didn't want themselves in the right. Got you. So we couldn't, we couldn't put them in there. But we got the majority of it clear. That came out in the UK on Def Jam, and you know, right. again, number one single, man, in in England, number one single.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a video for it. They did a di- video for it in in the UK. <laughs> uh, Cartoon yes. so like an animated I was, video.
2: I was pissed at that shit, man. Like <laughs> I felt like. I wanted to do a real video in the club mm. and do my shit, right? You never gave me that opportunity. You, you, you took a fucking cheap ass route out and got a fucking anime and a motherfucker and a fucking thing that don't look like me. It was like, I saw that shit, I was angry. I was like, your motherfuckers are making fun of me, man. Like, They're making fun mm. of me. This shit is serious that I'm trying to do. Right. And uh, you know, but it worked. You know, to this day, people playing, it worked. It probably wouldn't matter if it was a fucking blank screen. The record was
1: so hot that you know it was just like fuck it didn't even matter. Yeah, shout out to one. I know one of the samples in the intro is DJ Nabs um, from um, from his record with uh, from off his album. He had a, a, a jagged edge record. Well, Jermaine. And yeah, the very the very intro of uh, of um, be faithful is the, the Nabs record. So shout out to Nabs. Yeah, yeah, we we, yeah. we were working together yeah, yeah, at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: That one. Mm hmm. very yeah. the very intro of it. But yeah, man, that's, that's, that's really dope, man. That's the, like, and again, hearing that inspired me, you know, to, to do my own version of it. Of course, I never achieved the success that you guys made with that, but out on, from the South, I was doing, I was doing records and stuff. And my, who I was sampling was Lil John at the time, because he was in the, he was in the clubs and while we, I was taking the, the Southern chants, the who, you know, who you wear and get crunk and all those things and putting those, uh, assembling those in records, and he did well, you know, in the South and the cross seas or whatever case. But like I said again, they never. I, I've never.
2: Uh... At that time, at that time, if you were to do, if this was to happen today, mm-hmm. my records would probably be not as popular as the Southern records because the majority of music in America is Southern music. Took it over.
1: I never forget, man. Because I, I, again, I was on the air in Atlanta at the time, and, and coming home, coming into to Brooklyn. I remember walking, I was walking down, where was I on, on, like Howard Howard Avenue or something like that. And somebody drove by and I heard bout it, bout it, blasting from the car and made me forget where I was at. I was like, oh shit, I'm in Brooklyn. They're playing bout it, bout it. And it wasn't on the radio. It was somebody <laughs> riding to it in their car. So mm-hmm. I watched it, you know, I was able to, being from New York and being in Atlanta, I watched the scene kind of kind of change over and was here. And like, it was always cool to hear like when when Buster Rhymes would jump on Southern records and murder just, I mean, slay the verses and all that type of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> He's the man. Busta's the man. This is he said about. Yeah, man. Oh, shit. So, man, so, and so from, from doing those records, open the door to do, to do the record with, um with Missy Elliott.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the record with Missy Elliott was a mistake. You know, I was down there again. I was down there uh, in the capacity working for High ninety seven. Okay. I went to interview Sierra, and I was interviewing Sierra, and Sierra said to me, "I cannot come to the station tonight, but you can meet me at the state at, at, at my recording session because I can't come tonight. I gotta be in the state in the studio late. I'm doing a record. She never said what she was doing a record with nothing. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I brought, at that time I, I, I again, I was invested in myself, I brought myself a gap plate, and I would just go wherever I had to go to get the interviews I needed to get, from whoever I needed to get so if I had to go to Usher, I had to go to this hotel room, well, fuck it, I'm going to this hotel room. Mm-hmm. so I went and I got, I went and I met at the, uh-huh. at the studio session we sat on the floor Indian style, and fucking did this interview, I could barely get up. Remember, I'm <laughs> 300 fucking 30 pounds. Got you. So, I could barely fucking get up. I get up, I get my equipment and I walk and I say, listen, thank y'all, thank you, Sierra, or whatever. She starts doing this record. She walks in the other room and now she's starting on this record. Basically play the beat. And it's like, music makes me lose control. Music makes me lose control. Now, I'm Fat Man at this time. I'm officially Fat Man scoop I'm I'm already in. Be faithful, you know. I'm doing my shit or whatever, right? And um, I'm walking. I'm walking out the door. I'm like, let's go. Oh, oh, here we go now. Here we go. I'm walking out the door. See you goodbye. Music. Like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. And uh, Jay Brown, who was the AR at the time, Jay Brown was um, Missy Elliott's A&R, and he said, "Listen, come back in here. And do exactly what the fuck you just did." I said, "Yo, bro, I don't I don't write records like, like that. I go home and I get a pen and I write." Now, me and him are arguing. That. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, man, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not doing it. So, yo, man, just do this shit. I'm like, yo, I'm not fucking doing it. He said, man, please just go in there and do this shit. I walk in the room and I do I do it in one take. So whatever you heard on that, on there, is the one take that I did. And that was it. Wow. If you listen That's- to the end of the record, you hear it go, let's go, let's go. Give <laughs> now. You hear me, you hit me out the Right.
1: right. Out of yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: The and then I walked out the door on I left. If you go on my Instagram, you scroll down, it'll say the day that I met, you know, the day that I recorded lose control with Missy Elliot. I had the video. Oh shit. I had the video of the whole shit. So yes, yeah, right there. See. Wow. And then you would see when Sierra is dancing uh, on the record when you say now move your side to the left, girl. Now move your side to the right. Now, now move your body to the left. Whatever the fuck I'm saying, and I'm like go, CC. It's because I'm looking out the DJ booth, and I, I mean I'm looking out the vocal the booth. booth, and Ciara's uh-huh. dancing, and I'm just saying what she's doing. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> so, crazy.
1: Yeah, man. So it goes without saying, you didn't imagine you didn't imagine that that record would take off like it did.
2: Um. When, when Missy was not there, Missy's leg, she had messed up her ACL. Mm-hmm. And later on that night, Missy got to the studio. And I was already on High 97 at this time. I was probably on the air for like two or three hours, like three o'clock in the morning. And um, Missy said, she called the radio station. She called the warm line. Mm-hmm. And she said, listen, school, this record is fucking so this this record's fine. This shit's crazy. So they went to do another single off their album, That their, their album, The Cookbook. Mm-hmm. They did the first single, I believe. And I don't think it worked. Because they, first it they was supposed to be Lose Control was going to be the first single. Mm-hmm. And then whatever they did, it didn't work. And Missy was like, yo, I'm going with Lose Control. Man. And you go to rest, man. Shit fucking... That shit started ringing off right away. I didn't even have to, I didn't have to ask Hot 97. I ain't shit. That record took care of itself. Wow.
1: Goddamn. <laughs> man, you have a series of being in the right place at the right time, man. Like, God has been, like, you know, placing you in spots for things to happen for you, man. That's amazing.
2: Exactly, man. I didn't, you know, some of the shit I just stumbled into, man. And and that's how it is when God's in your life, man. Like, you stumble into shit not even knowing what the hell it is. And and you just accept it. If you ask God, I mean, God is going to do it in his own time. But if you humbly ask, you might stumble into some shit. And at that time, my whole mentality was put your brother through college. Put your brother through college. And then my brother came out of college. He did an internship. He put his work in. He didn't depend on me. He didn't didn't run off my name and say I'm Fat Man Scoop's brother. He turned around and he went. He was the president of Maybach Music. He did his own shit. He got his own artist, Flip Dinero. He he got a couple artists out here that he's moving around. So he's doing his thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all the time. I I didn't know Young Sal was your brother when I I was there. I find out like after after a while.
2: Because he, he, he wanted to be his own man. He never allowed me to discuss it. Ever. Like, you know, I'm going to be my own man I'm going to do my own shit I'm going to come out my own way I'm going to be known for me mm. and when people hear that they're like that's your brother? I'm like yes that's my brother like mommy said come home at 7.30 that's my younger brother It's
3: my younger brother
2: you know he was he's 11 years younger than me so basically his whole entire life he was with me I took care of him I, I watched him I, I, you know, I brought him around hip hop I brought him around people but that's what I did. I put him through school. I, I, I helped him, you know, get a job. That's what you're supposed to do for your family. Absolutely. And I want to see him do better than me because he should. Absolutely. And then my nephew should do better than him and my kids should be do better than us. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like the, the mentality behind building generational wealth, man. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it.
2: You definitely do it by, by, Having people go further than you, you also do it by not living amongst, uh, uh, above your means. You do it by fucking um, investing your money instead of spending stupid shit. Like you know, even if you scamming the government with this PPP shit, all right, mm-hmm. all right, you know, motherfuckers scam all day, but don't do that shit. If you gonna go to jail, go to jail for some real shit, like putting it into land and putting it into investments and shit. You know, we don't we, we as a people don't carry on as business people. We carry on as consumers.
0: Right. Hmm. It's we're yeah. what? We, we're like 13% of the population in the U.S. and we account for something like 40-50% uh, of the spending. That's insane. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. you're, you're not carrying yourself as a boss. You're carrying yourself as a consumer of a product and you know that's cool, but what happens when the money's out of your pocket is gone? You're helping someone else
0: yep. get to the next level.
1: Yeah,
0: that's we cycling it through our communities. Yeah. Huh? And we're not cycling the money through our communities. Well, when, it's, you it's, know, coming, we're not it's cycling. coming in and going right back out.
2: Right. We're we're not cycling the money through our, our communities because of certain reasons. Number one, we have a fucking complex where. We will go to Gucci, walk in, and if the shit says seventeen ninety five or one thousand eight hundred dollars or whatever, we'll pay for that shit. But we'll go to our own people, and we'll fucking want a discount. That's number one.
3: Yeah. Number two
2: that? is number two is we as black businesses have to get our shit together. That includes me. That includes me. Delivering what you say you're gonna deliver at the time that you're gonna deliver it. I used to be bad at that shit. Like right? you know, I have a custom drops business, and I would say it'd take this amount of days, and it, you know, it'd be this, or it'd take me X amount of time to have the meeting with them to write the drops. But now I just say, listen, this is what it's gonna take. Say what it is. Oh, underpromise and over overdeliver. And a yeah. lot of times, when you go into a black business, motherfucker. Angry at the shit, they don't acting like they don't want to be there. Yo, we don't have that shit. You know, not saying. Listen, hey, we're out of stock, or hey, you know, it was just such a popular item, we actually kind of ran out. But come back next time. Uh you want something else instead? You say, All right, shit, yeah. <laughs> you can't. You know, you, you can't do it. You know, you, you you can't do it. So we we also have to fix ourselves as black businesses. You know, I got I. I, I got boycotted at Hot 97 years ago for saying that the best black business is a drug operation. Damn. And, and, and you know, I, I don't give um, You know, if you tell if you tell Taekwon to be at McDonald's at 11 a.m. to work, his ass might get there at 11:55. But if you tell Take to go pick up two keys of coke at the at the at the dock at 10 a.m., he's going to be there at 30.
0: Real talk. Yeah. Real tough
2: Yeah. It's 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 interesting.
0: It, it, it's uh what it, were you saying? Well, no, I was just it's interesting to hear you say that because we had um Romini Malco on. Uh actor was in 40 year old virgin and uh his new movie Tijuana uh, Jackson Purpose Over Prison. But he said almost the same thing. He said, Um uh black and forgive me if I'm messing this up, Romney, but he said. Black businesses need to earn the business from black people. This is the type of stuff when I keep talking about black ownership. I keep talking about it's not about it's not just about you know spending and supporting black companies. It's about black companies figuring out a way to capture black dollars, meaning yes. we can't just feel entitled because we're black to earn black dollars. We have to actually be innovative. We have to actually create things. Uh, and things that are not inferior products, right? Right. And we have to find a way to service the needs of our communities. I mean, we got, we in a zone right now, but we damn
2: sure need to still earn business. It's like anything else. You have to earn people's fucking business.
1: Yeah. Customer service goes a long way.
2: You know, that's it. We need to do better. And um, hopefully we will we will take this opportunity and do better because I noticed that more people talk about buying black and doing that shit, but the experience got to be fucking right.
3: Yeah. What's,
1: what's yeah. your take? What's your take on the movement that's happening right now with the, the Black Lives Matters and you know all, all, all that's that's all the years that it's is taken to get to this point. You know what I mean, and where, where people are actually paying attention to what's happening in the black community, and taking and taking a stance. Um, what's what's your take on you know what's going on simple, right now?
2: Simple. Um, simple. I fuck. I, I fuck. I fuck with uh, Black Lives Matter. The the premise. I fuck mm. with that hard, but I don't fuck with. The, I don't fuck with the organization. I don't know. I don't know
1: what the org- what the actual organization, or who has the actual organization at all. To listen, be honest with you,
2: listen. I I wound up, I wound up interviewing Candace Owens, really, and, yeah, yeah, and 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 um, just I didn't try to fight her about numbers and shit like that because I can't do that. Just mm-hmm. like she can't walk in the fucking club Omni and and fucking play three hours, uh, three two hours of hip hop, an hour of techno, and fucking. 45 minutes of disco. Right. I just want to know what makes her tick. Mm-hmm. And she started to, she challenged me on Black Lives Matter. She said, mm. Look, she said, Look, follow the money, see where the money's going. She said, this is just, where, where is the money going that they don't? I started to go search that shit.
3: Mm.
2: She said, Start with the website. See, you know, Go look at the website, see what's going on. So I went to look at the website and all I saw was motherfucking selling clothes.
0: Mm. I'm on it and right now looking I, at it. Huh? I'm on it right now looking at it and you're 100% right. I don't see
2: nothing but motherfucking selling clothes. Where, where's the programs? Where's the shit that they doing? And then, and then I went and see who they donate to. And I found out it was a Democratic Party. I haven't heard Black Lives Matter donate nothing to nobody other than the Democratic Party. Where's the rest of the donations? Where's the programs? Where, where, where is it? If it, was, if it was there, they'd have it on the fucking website to throw it in your face. Where is it? Mm. So now, now I go and I start doing this, this study of Black Lives Matter and I'm fucking heartbroken. Mm. But, but the actual concept and of 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 what people are marching in the streets for, I highly fuck with. It's my people. That's, that's all people of color. That's actually people that just care about human decency. Yeah. But the actual, you know, uh global movement, whatever the fuck they got going on, I'm
0: not fucking Yeah. So that actually that I've heard that from a few different people. Um i've said on the show before i often fall down a youtube hole and i'll I'll watch a bunch of stuff and and i've heard (laughs) right i've heard candace owens talk about it um and i've heard a few other people talk about it one of the biggest criticisms that i've heard about black lives matter matter as the organization is a it started out on the purpose of betterment for Black people and justice for um, uh, racially motivated killings by police officers, but it quickly got co-opted by um, the transgender, the LGBTQ movement because the co-founders, I think a few of the co-founders are are self-described queer or LGBTQ in the community. Really? I, I don't even, I don't give a fuck about. I only really care about
2: that. I love it. I, I'll embrace it. But but we gotta we gotta have something here. I, I'll take that because I'm for all people, but, right. but 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 I don't, exactly. Continue what you're saying. I just want to explain that because I heard that, you know, I found that out too, that it, that it got co-opted by gay and transgender. I don't care, but just represent the people, do the fucking programs, get in the community. And listen, if we gonna be Black Lives Matter, we gotta be Black Lives Matter when they fucking kill George Floyd, but we gotta be out there just as hard when there's some baby killed by a fucking gang member, Same yeah,
1: shit. Well, I I think I mean and to 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 that point, because I hear that I I hear people say the same thing. Black, black Lives Matters matters to everyone except to black people when black people kill black people, and they talk about you know it's always about what what about black on black crime. And I'm I'm from the the, the theory that there is no such thing as black on black crime. There's crime. Crime happens in proximity. It just happens more black. You know what I'm saying? You don't talk. We don't talk about white on white crime or Asian on Asian or anything like that. It's crime. It happens. It's, it's because of proximity. Whoever's close, you kill who's close to you.
2: Hundred uh, percent. People said that. People said that. People say that to me all the time. Just what's, what's in proximity?
0: Yeah. But now the other the other thing that I hear, just kind of going back, is that. Black Lives Matter as an organization, and I have, frankly, I haven't done enough research to, to say if this is 100% accurate or not, but they say Black Lives matters as an organization is is more of a Marxist kind of movement because again the founders have defined themselves as Marxists. And when you kind of look at Marxism and it eventually kind of leads to communism. So it's a big fear that this is kind of preamble to a movement of something outside of 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 capitalism and more towards a socialist or a communist kind of thing. Now I don't know how true that is, but that's what I'm hearing and reading.
2: This is this country is built on capitalism. If you can't if you can't get rid of racism, how the <laughs> fuck do you think you're gonna get capital? Uh uh, 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 get rid of capitalism. If you can't get rid of racism, how you gonna get rid of capital? If you can't, and why would get you a motherfucker, If you can't get a motherfucker to wear a mask, how you gonna get him to take a vaccine? Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah. So. So speaking of are you bringing up, ma- you know, bringing up mask and everything, how, you know, in terms of what's happening with COVID nineteen, like everybody came off the road. I know you were, you have been performing and doing things across seas. I, fo- you know, I follow you. I see you, you. You, yeah, all in places I never heard of. To be honest with you, places you you've been traveling or whatever. How are you? I, how are you navigating? Or how how are you feeling now that that's kind of cut from you know for the for the time being?
2: Hey, you want to hear something? Yeah. Um. March 6th, I was mandated by the uh, English government to come home. Mm. And I got on a flight. They said, get back to America ASAP. ASAP. And. um, Where were you at the time? I I was in Manchester, England. Okay. And um, I spent maybe. from the 7th to the 10th. I just rested because I, you know, I hadn't been off the road. I've been doing this shit 49 weeks a year straight for the last 24 years. Mm. I sat down and I said, I sat and I rested and I said, well, what am I going to do? I was seven months ago. Right. Right? I said, I better pivot real quick. I'm going to pivot ASAP. And I, I just got right on my Instagram line and I started. Carrying on like I was doing radio on Hot 97 on my Instagram live. There's nothing else to say about this man. He's been at the top of the business for decades. And what up, baby? What's going on, brother? His discography is amazing. Nobody does it in the mic booth like him. Everybody, this is LL Cool J. What's happening, sir? How you feeling? What up? What up? So let's start here. First of all, you Mike, if you don't know him. He's part of One of the Jews with LP. Of course, he have that outcast connection. you a civil activist. You you have done a lot of it. Yeah. I'm also on, a what? capitalist. I, I I
1: own businesses
2: often. How are you feeling, sir?
1: I'm wonderful, man. You know I'm wonderful. I can't, I can't complain. We gotta, you know, we from the project. So when mom said, you can't, you can't get that hamburger. You better go over and get that Wonder Bread.
2: What's happening, my brother? Happy Saturday. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is, man. How's everything with you? Ah, oh,
1: man, I'm blessed. Every day I wake up, it's a good day.
2: I want to just start from the bottom with you. Um, people, just in case you don't know, I met Dr. Oz when I did an event for him. I actually went and he was exercising and I was doing chants and I had a really, really good time at this event. And then we, we got cool and I was able to bring him on the show. There's a lot I want to ask him and I'm going to start with this. And I built that from two people watching to 200, 220 people a night. No promotion organic. I'm just starting, beginning, getting into promotions. Once I really put my foot on the gas of what I'm doing, I probably have six or seven hundred people a night. Learn how to monetize it, make it my baby, and, and and do something so that I have some form of income. And now I'm starting to hear people say, "Oh, scoop! I like your show. I I like what you're doing. I like who you interview. Yo, man, maybe we could do a podcast deal." I had somebody come to me about being on the radio, like, but I understood early that if I don't start moving now, when the music stops, there's gonna be more, uh, more more niggas than chairs. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I if I don't move quickly, you know, I I'm gonna be fucked up. So the people who are sitting on their couch still watching Netflix and thinking this is a game, listen, when ain't nobody gonna have no sympathy for you. When this is, when this is done, well, you know, because when, when, we as deep as we could get into this shit. No, not at all. There, there, there could be more to come with this shit, but you better learn how to make a living from your desk. You better learn how to how to make a living sitting down.
1: Yeah. That's the same combo um, Mike and I had when we started this, man, to be real. You know what I'm saying? Our content creation is always going to be viable. And even more so now, I mean, because, you know, more people are home, more people are paying attention and looking for ways to entertain themselves. Looking for content, you know what I mean? Where did, so you? I know on 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 your Instagram, you do this thing. First of all, I I am just entertained by your the, the the comments and the people that you have that you bring in. Is <laughs> this it's, it's a it's a litany of just like crazy motherfuckers, like you, yo. And then he said, I, I was telling Mike, you sit there with the, a jug of ignorant juice. Can you explain what the fuck ignorant juice is? <laughs>
2: It's, it's, it's when somebody says something that's absolutely fucking nonsense uh, or it's pure ignorance I signify that by <laughs> because it gives me time to reflect on the fucking nonsense that was just thrown right. instead of taking a breather I said yeah <laughs> And now it's got to the point, and people—if you haven't watched my show, it's on every night, Monday through uh, Saturday, 6, 30, 6 p.m. usually to like eight, eight thirty p.m. It's got to the point now where you know my following knows about this ignorance. So when somebody comes on and 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 does something that we know is fucking stupid, people are like people are already like go for the go for the job. because they know they, they, they know what it is now. I could have went to Staples and I could have probably <laughs> got this like really done professionally, but I needed the jankiness of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I needed the jankiness of it for people to understand how fucking foolish it has to be for me to lift this to my lips and fucking take a trip. So, but 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 for me, uh, my show on Instagram, is, you know, it's called Fat Man Scoop TV. However, it is just uh, a reprisal of the stuff that I used to do on my old radio show on Hot 97 called Ignorant Radio, where it was me, my brother, Sav, uh, Megatron, God bless the dead, and Mr. Malachi, a.k.a. something like a pimp. And uh, he wasn't a pimp exactly. He, he was something like a pimp. He, something like a pimp? <laughs> he, wasn't, he, was, he wasn't a pimp. You know, That's what we called him. He was something like a pimp. Because he, could, he was trying to pimp, but he couldn't. You couldn't put it together, so it didn't quite in, go all the way there. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, he couldn't go all the way So anyway, you know, with that being said, um, that's all my show is, and I, it's going to take me maybe longer to get it to where I need to go because of the fact that it's brash, it's abrasive, it's fucking in your face, it's cursing, it's. It's not, hey, what's happening in the top 97 place of hip-hop and army? It's not that shit. It's me being who I am, and it's my own specific uh, way of doing comedy and, and you know, and, and, and expressing myself. And to be honest with you, the weirder the people, the better. You know, listen, I can interview anybody. You know, I interview anybody, any celebrity, but for me, the best times are just when the fucking regular people come on and kick it. That's the yeah. shit I love more than anything.
1: I saw, so I was watching one night and I saw you talking about, it was somebody that was trying to come on live. You was like, here's so-and-so. Uh no, nah, I ain't going to bring you on because last time you showed your dick. I can't do that. And if you could, you do that. I got I to gotta shut this live down. You know, I'm like, what? What is Here's where this came from. I
2: played Family Feud. This was the first and last time playing Family Feud. So um, we're going to play Family Feud, people. All I need you to do, give me an answer. If you got a good answer, I'm gonna put you on. Okay, what's something that goes up and down? I'm expecting sensible shit, like an elephant. I'm I'm, I'm expecting elephant. I'm expecting uh, fucking stock prices, you know? I'm expecting fucking people with sensibility. So I push the button and it's addictive. And I, and I said, "Okay, now you're gonna give us, you're gonna give us your dick." Now, I'm not understanding what he's doing, but what goes up and down is a dick. Okay, I got it. It took me two days for, to to come across that, but I didn't need your dick. You could have just got on there with your face and said, "Dicks," said, that's fine, right, amazing. You're right about it, but but he, he chose to show us his dick. And then the funny thing about it was that. Three or four days later, he came back on and he showed his face like it was nothing. Like he had shown us his dick and he showed us his face. I said,
1: listen, girl, whatever you want. Oh. <laughs> yeah, That's a, a, a wild show, man. Like, and like it's the people, I be I mean, like, I pop in from time to time, and I when, when I see that you're on, and I, I, I check it out, man. I'm like, the comments and the people just the weird shit and the the relationship that you have with your you know with your followers is hilarious
2: like you know what it is if you know me and you know me from being on radio i'm i'm, I'm a person who's always been very transparent about my life mm-hmm. um i'm transparent about my life everything i do i i, I treat i treat anybody that I deal with like you know with love and respect so these people have now become a part of my show and I have about 230 people, so that's almost like doing a small club. Got you. But soon it'll be, soon it'll be 500. And then it'll be 1,000, then it'll be 2,000. But I'll treat people the same way. Same way I treated the first 200 people, I treat when it's 20,000. That's just what I do.
1: Yeah. That's dope shit, Scoop. school, cool. my brother, man. Yeah, listen, man. I, from day one, when I met you, I, my, like, I remember like my early days of when I first got to Hot 97 and I was working with The Morning Show. Um, sure. Shout out to Miss Jones. Um, and something had... Ha- I can't remember what... It, something happened. I think I fucked up something. On, I can't remember what it was. And Jonesy blasted me on air about the shit or whatever the case. I was uh, she, like...
2: She fuck you right where you stood.
1: Man. And Scoop, uh, at that time, he was on, on Middays. And he came and I hadn't... We hadn't, you know, we hadn't had many conversations at this point. And I was brand new. Scoop pulled me aside and was like, listen, watch your back,
2: cover your balls, protect your and, neck. I will tell you exactly what I said. Mm. I said, cover your balls and your ass. Because, you know, you definitely gonna get fucked in the ass. Okay? <laughs> that, that's, we know that. We, we, we're aware that. Oh, you fucked him in the ass. We know that you're going to get fucked in the balls, too. And getting fucked in the balls is worse because nobody ever sees it So it's worse. When somebody gets you in the balls, you never hear, oh, you, you fucked them in the balls. You fucked them in the ass. So when, when when somebody fucks you in the balls, it's worse because you didn't expect it. I told you, cover both. Cover your ass and your balls. And watch your fucking... And, and, and keep your head on a fucking swivel. Yeah. And go on and do your...
1: I've never forgot that day. I never forgot that. I've quoted you several times in on you know in interviews on that, and I, this, something that, I, that's become my mantra now. <laughs>
2: like yeah. in, in, in all because that here's I do. A man. Here's the thing: we're used to getting caught from the back because that's how they fucking that we, we know that. That's this this in prison in life. We know that. But nobody's looking at nobody's looking at the front. So When a guy gets you in the front, you never you never saw it coming. You're so used to back there. Cover both. Now you don't have to expect. Now that means basically expect the unexpected.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. School, my, cool, my brother. I appreciate you even coming on and hanging with us, man. Thank
2: appreciate you, man. It. I appreciate it. How uh, much success to you, brothers? And listen, people, if you're out there and you want to have a laugh uh, during this time of the pandemic. I, you know, I don't. I never wanted to be serious. I always wanted to give some people something to laugh or smile about because laughing is important in this in this time. It's unprecedented time. So every night, six to eight PM, Monday through Saturday, um, Batman Scoop TV on Instagram live. If you haven't followed me yet, at Batman Scoop, and you should, because every day I release the, the the artwork. You can see who I have on every day. I've had everybody from. Candace Owens, Dr. Oz, uh, uh, Senator Corey Booker, uh, Mike Vick, TI, uh, uh, Dougie Fresh, uh, uh, fucking the list goes on, Ja Rule, uh, um, uh, Stephen A. Smith. I've had a million people on. So not only can you see it there, but you can listen to all of my interviews that I've done or make on make noise with Fat Man Scoop. You can get that on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, you can hear. Every interview I've done, uh, very interesting and and, um, and uh, thought-provoking interviews uh, with, with, with your favorite celebrities or, or people of influence. Um, with that being said, brother, I'm going to let myself out the back door. I, I will talk to you later. Be safe, brother. You too, man. Thank you, man. Peace. God Thanks a lot. God.
1: Peace. Fat Man School, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, man. Oh, Amen. That was awesome oh man and, and, and this there's so many more stories i'm sure scoop can share you know what i mean have him come back another time and it's there's, there's plenty more he's very an encyclopedia to a lot of different things so
0: cool brother. yeah so that's that's you know that was dope uh that's a, a history lesson it was so much in there i didn't even know yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah, what? Yeah. really you got to deal with Teddy. Wait, past that? <laughs> we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I found out that um, Teddy produced the show for Dougie Fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, telling somebody about that, and they were like, Word? You know, I think we had got to talking about Hot Teddy Records, and I was like, Yeah, you know, Teddy did the show. And they were like, Word? I was like, Yeah, he was 17 or something like Six, that when he did that 70. record. Now younger than that,
1: 15, 16. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh man. I've I've heard some other stories. That he's talked about when he was doing records um or having Bobby Brown come to the projects. He was still in the projects. <laughs> yeah, man. Bobby Bobby was probably hella comfortable in the projects too. Very much so. And that's why I love them so much. That's why I, you know what I'm saying that's why I love new editions so much. Cause they, like me, Project Niggas. Project Niggas. Yeah, man. Um I'll take this opportunity to rap. This that was that was fun. That was absolutely you want fun. To
0: come through some birthday's real fast. Let's do it. It's a couple, it's a couple. Uh And again, if you're checking out the show for the first time, you know, most people think birthdays are trivial, but I'd like celebrating people while they're still alive instead of, you know, after they're gone and we're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So um, last weekend, uh, Foxy Brown turned 42. Fox Boogie. N-O-R-E. N-O-R-E. N-O-R-E turned 44. Actually, I can't show it, but I got a, a Nori plaque sitting right up here over my monitor. Yeah. Uh the late Easy E. hmm Uh birthday just passed. Ladies, Idris Elba turned 48 mm-hmm. last week. And Cece Penniston, 51.
1: Yeah. Uh, also
3: Remember-
1: Of course. Of course. Uh, and of course we can't we can't forget our, our you know our, our uh family member. Chris Ludacris Bridges, September 11th, celebrated birthday. Sup, Chris. Happy birthday, brother.
0: Uh, Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Otis Redding. uh, Wiz Khalifa. Now, I've always had a hard time with his name. Why? (laughs) Why? Like Wiz? Really?
1: I mean, we knew uh, we knew of DJ Wiz.
0: I still feel some kind of way about that. Why is? Well, like uh, poop. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't. Poop. I don't hear many
1: black folks refer to
0: P as wiz. Look, I, 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 I have I, the mentality think, of a twelve-year-old boy. Uh, t, right? Like that's where my humor comes from. <laughs> Diddle, but I never
1: <laughs> called it wiz. I, I, I When I hear Wiz, I'm thinking kid, smart, you know, tech, tech savvy. Fair enough. That's, that's what I think when I hear it.
0: Uh, of course. Who else? Who else? Rosie Perez turned 56. Yeah. She hey still Rosie. looks great. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Rosie.
1: How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Look up the stairs for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, she has no problem with my little crushes. She has okay, absolutely good. no problem. She remind, in fact, she reminds me of, hey, you know, your 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 girl, so and so, you know, she knows that, you know, she 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 knows, she knows. Hers is <laughs> is, is is um uh Alba um uh, uh, Idris. Idris. That's yeah, Idris. That's us. We, you know, I'm like, all right,
0: okay, yeah. What can you do?
3: Uh
0: who else? Who else? Uh, Bernie Sanders had a birthday last week. Turned seventy nine. I wish I I wish I could. I got to work on this because
1: I I'd like to be able to do um, impressions. I can't. All my impressions right now probably sound the same. I'll probably end up sounding like um um the 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 count on um Sesame Street if I've tried to Whoa, if I tried uh, to do uh, uh, uh. yeah all all my impressions that sound like that. So I can't. But I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it and. At some point, I'll have somebody down, down packed that I can, you know what I'm saying? I have to get these accents right. I I have to the, the most respect for people that can do impressions because if you close your eyes and you can see the person that they're impressed, that's job well done. I, mine's might just be bad impressions. Maybe I just make that a segment. Bad, bad impressions with T-Storm. I will have to do something like that.
0: I, I do okay with some. Yeah. Um. But I'm not brave enough to do them on the show yet. I got to get, I got to right. practice. Like I do a Schwarzenegger that makes, uh, that makes old girls. It just makes her giggle every yeah. time I do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she fine. just giggles at that shit. I,
1: I, I got two. That's it. The count on Sesame Street. And <laughs> even my Elmo sounds kind of, yeah, I can't. No, I won't.
0: He used I, to his, do a dirty Elmo. I would do you, Elmo and he would just he would just say awful shit. <laughs>
1: okay. Um I've already got a cease and desist before. Don't do that here because <laughs> <laughs> I know where that leads. <laughs>
0: uh I got a cease and desist from uh your man who's uh who's about to be a daddy, Usher. Oh man. Are we took when we talk about season and desist on the show, I completely forgot about that. When um when I lived out in L.A., mm-hmm. um, I had I had really stopped DJing for the most mm-hmm. part. But uh, I was still trying to find a way to kind of stay in the game a little bit. So I started just kind of playing records in the house and practicing or whatever. And I would play records and there would be parts in the record where they would talk about the DJ, right? Like, mm-hmm. goddamn, that DJ made my day. And, you know, uh, last night, a DJ saved my life. So I started a line of t-shirts called DJ Tees. Um, and I, it was, uh, what was the song, Usher? Uh, DJ's got us falling in love. Mm-hmm. And I had done a design with that phrase on it. It was like a heart with these wings and all of this shit on it. And I put it out there. And them mm-hmm. joints was selling overseas. Oh, wow. And then one day I got a, an email <laughs> that was like, yo, stop. So I promptly went and took the motherfuckers down off the site.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you don't want to smoke. <laughs> no, not over a damn T shirt. No, I have a T shirt. No, that's it. That's cool.
0: Um, Folks, that's again, uh, for- Lorenz Tate had a birthday. He turned 45. Uh, Gloria Gaynor turned 77.
1: I will
2: survive.
0: Yep. And then Leslie Jones turned 53. Big Les. Now, what they have on here, you know, for what she's known for is that Ghostbusters movie. Did you watch that movie? I did, regrettably, twice. Because
1: um, I'm a I'm a fan of Ghostbusters. Because I, I thought I would watch it the second, it would be better the second time. Maybe I didn't get it. Maybe I didn't understand it. you know, it was all about, you know, women empowerment and I was all for it. And they even had um, some cameos of the original cast from from um, from Ghostbusters made appearances in the movie. And I thought that was cool. I wanted to see it again. And the second time I was just it it was it was you paid to see it twice. Well, I I went to the theaters and saw it and then I watched it on like pay-per-view okay. or something like that afterwards. I paid and I did pay for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I rented it. I didn't buy it. I rented it on pay-per-view. And again, I mean, cause I'm, I'm, a, I'm one, I'm a fan of ghostbusters. I'm, I'm even looking forward cause there's a third ghostbusters movie. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a reboot. It's a continuation of the original story that's supposed yes, like to come the kids out
0: kids of the dudes gra- finest stuff and the grandkids
1: yeah. right oh the grandkids um, kids, okay yeah yeah and, uh, and and it's not in new york it's in some i don't know farm town middle middle america or whatever it's supposed to take place i and i think it was supposed to come out this year and because of all this that's happening theaters being closed or whatever the case they pushed it back to next year i'm looking forward to that again but the the reboot with the women kind of fell. Off. I think that might have that might have inspired them to go all right this we can't let that be the last Ghostbuster movie
0: <laughs> I you know admittedly I didn't watch it right uh-huh. um because what I saw of it I already didn't like it and I was like okay I'm not I'm just not um look if if there was an all-male version of Charlie's Angels there would be outrage right See, look, that's so well it depends I'm, it
1: depends what kind of angels we talking about
0: i'm not following you down that path i'm not it's like oh look at that thorny path i'm i'm not
1: it could be it could be it could be charlie's angels <laughs> All men, it could be in tight um, in, in, in tight jeans. I mean, it could work, it could happen. That's free,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> folks. You gotta watch uh, episode seven to get that, that inside joke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you gotta go back and watch that or listen to it. Go back and listen to it. Um, um, no, but my, my point is. I am 100% all for an all female cast of a movie doing something. Do that shit. I'll buy the tickets, sign me up. But I don't like them taking that thing and changing it to this all female thing. That that And then and then it just didn't look as good. Now if they did it and they did it better, then I'd be like, "All right, I mean, I think it had had potential.
1: I was hoping, I mean, and Leslie Jones was in it. I was like, this should be funny. And Leslie Jones was funny in it. It Just uh, wasn't. Yeah. That was was it. it. It was a miss. happens. (laughs) happens. <laughs> like, Leslie Jones was great. The movie sucked. <laughs> and, and and there were references to the original movie and, you know, certain, you know, you know, they paid homage to the the uh, the logo, the Ghostbusters logo. Hey, watch it, Let you know, in the comments, let me know what you thought about it, if you thought it was yeah. cool. I mean, everybody don't, has don't a different, different form text. your
0: own opinions. Yeah. The only other birthday um is Taraji. She turned 50. <sighs> And again, another one of my crushes. Hey, really? Taraji. Yeah, I like Taraji. I've always liked her. i like, she's just. It's she's she, super nice. Now, I've, mm-hmm. I've met her, um, and it was back again when I was doing work on Empire after, I think it was what, season two, season one? I don't remember, but they did a, a big party on the lot uh, for all of the people who had did work on the show uh, and then like they surprised everybody. Cause it was, we didn't, we just knew we were going to go in there. They had these champagne flutes with like, uh, I think it had the Leviticus nightclub logo on it. And oh. it was just like champagne. It was, it was a, a good party, you know? And then just in the middle of the party, they brought out the cast. So nobody knew the cast was going to be there. Yes. Um, so I got to meet her and, all of the other people It was somebody was missing that day I don't remember who was missing um, Was it Juicy? Juicy smoyer That's a Dave Chappelle no, He was joke. there And I was on the elevator with Him Um The The guy who played the older brother mm. And some execs or something And we chatted a little bit on the elevator Um, right. But yeah man It's uh He's back in the news on something. Yeah. I saw it. He's back, he's still, but I didn't see he's why. Still,
1: he's still talking about that. I'm I'm the victim here. Okay, dude. Just
0: just let it hey, go. Bro, just talk about it. Like- <laughs> stop talking about it. We forget just- if
1: you would just stop talking about it. Come on, brother. But hey, come on now. Keep it
0: keep it going. Or or keep it going. See how that works. Um, well, you know, we do need material for jokes. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take this opportunity to end this right here. If you're listening, if you're watching, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh more content coming up in the after show. So um hit that subscription button, subscribe, like, and the bell. What's the 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 bell on, notification. on yeah that notification hit that on uh on YouTube if you subscribe if you're listening to my audio, just subscribe, continue subscribing, and you can uh keep hearing us. Thank you for again. Getting- Uh, Thank you to our our guest, Mr. Fat Man School for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time. For those who are watching, see you on the after show. Peace.
2: Peace.
0: Thanks for checking out the Unpopular Opinion show. If you like this content, Make sure you like, subscribe and smash the notification button down below so you can keep getting more from T Storm and myself.
1: Yeah. More <laughs> jokes coming on. No. That's no. They beep they beep damn it. Okay, fine. <laughs>